All right, folks, we are back once again right here, and welcome to another installment of the Sports Rap Podcast right here on Heat 100 Radio. We are also live on Facebook. Sports Rap Podcast is the group page, so get on over there if you're at work, if you're home chilling, and tune in and check us out. So as we mentioned uh, before we took our first break, and I mentioned to you in the opening for fans like me uh, and my partner who's not here with us today, Baldy, the next basketball season is upon us very, very quickly. Actually, it begins tomorrow with, again, the Brooklyn Nets are in Milwaukee to face off against the Milwaukee Bucks, right. who will receive their rings in their ring ceremony. And then the second game, the Warriors are at the L.A. Lakers. Rasheen, what's going on, bro? Thanks for tuning in. So everybody else that was tuned in, Rob, I know you tuned in, Robert Reed. So I know when we get into this second part of this segment, when we talk a little bit about Kyrie, uh, I'm sure that uh, you will probably chime in and have some things to say, possibly, with that so i'll be looking for that and anybody else that's tuned in you know if you have comments when we get to that segment or that particular part of this segment please feel free to drop me some comments and let me know what your thoughts are and what you are thinking so we know about the sixers and we know about the situation how the season ended um very down and drawn out for the fans for the players and for the organization uh, losing to the Atlanta Hawks in a seven-game series, nonetheless, right. was really disheartening uh, for the city, for the fans, and for the team. Obviously, for reasons that we all talked about and we all know about. Uh, realistically and ideally, more so, you look back at that series and going into that series, you say, first and foremost, you say it, it probably won't go seven games. Right. And you easily say that the Sixers should have beaten the Hawks in that series. Uh, But it didn't happen the way we all thought it was going to happen. Homie, homie, Mr. Terrell, what's going on? Thanks for tuning in. And we know how that situation played out. Then we got into the summer, and we had this Ben Simmons drama. We saw how it played out. And we talked about it several times. Um, as much information as I was getting, I was bringing to you um, as I got it. And coming to the show and bringing stuff to the show for several weeks with updates and, and my opinions and how things could have been handled differently uh, on Ben Simmons' side of the ball and Clutch Sports' side of the ball. But we are now at the point where Ben Simmons is here in the city. Mm-hmm. He actually got here on the final preseason game. Right. He took his COVID test. He has completed his protocols um, as per the NBA and the team. Right. He had his first official practice with the team yesterday. Yesterday, I'm sorry. And again, there's still some uncertainty on his status for opening day on Wednesday. So that leads me to believe that the Sixers are treading lightly with the situation. They are also, in my opinion, being a little cautious Mm -hmm. with the situation because they still honestly don't truly know where this young man's head is. They don't know if he's all in. They don't know if, if positively, if... He's in it because he's already lost some money and he realizes how much more he stands to lose. So there's still a lot of avenues that can be driven down in this whole situation. And I think the Sixers are going to play it safe and with the uncertainty um, that surrounds the entire situation. There's also talk that he's coming in and they are still possibly going to try and facilitate a trade Mm -hmm. if, if something comes to the Sixers' liking which I've been saying for the entire time. And again, I'll say it again. When it all boils down to is you have to understand people. It's a business and that's his employer. 
he's under contract for the next four years. So I, in reality, they do not have to make a trade for him unless it's beneficial to the team in their standards. Right. So that's that. But nonetheless, he is here. Uh, there have been mixed opinions and mixed views from his teammates uh, Tobias Harris and I'm giving you my version um, paraphrasing here Tobias Harris basically you know said that there was nothing awkward he was here we, we went to work and whatever uh, Matisse Thibel says that he plans on focusing on basketball um, not the Ben Simmons situation I'm sure um, one of the things that has been constant with his teammates, and I'm talking about Ben Simmons' teammates, right. a lot of them or most of them has said, and and something that I agree with, and something that quite a few people agree with, that they are a better team with him right. uh, than they are without him. So a lot of the players, that's the one thing, but amongst the players um, that have spoken and the coaching staff and management, that's constant in that dialogue uh, about Ben Simmons. So, again, we'll see what happens. But, all in all, the Sixers are still in the top six, being ranked in the top six. Uh, although, it's kind of a drop considering what they did last season. And it almost kind of makes you feel like last season was somewhat a, somewhat a fool's goal. Because they're going from the number one seed down to the middle of the pack now <clears throat> in my opinion with this team I think that that is a better positioning that's better positioning for this particular team because there's a lot of youth on this team right. um, and there's also some youth as far as playoff experience Seth Curry um Impressed me a lot in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Joel Embiid, as we all know, impressed a lot of people throughout the entire season. Right. And the way he gutted it out playing in the playoffs on a torn meniscus. Yeah, I need to see, again, more consistency from Tobias. I'm not saying he had a bad season. I think he had a really good season. But I need to see that carry over a little bit more into the playoffs. Right. Um, I've seen... The growth of Tyrese Maxey and Isaiah Joe. Yeah. Now they just have to be disciplined in their youth at their young ages, rather, and mm -hmm. be able to work their way into the rotation and do some things and translate what they worked on in the preseason and in the offseason right. and bring that to the real time in the regular season. Uh, I also would like to see some improvement on the offensive side from Matisse Thibel because right. we know what he is in on the defensive end. And again, the Danny Green factor, which in my opinion right. was a huge factor in that him. series. Back, right? Yeah, it, I think even with, we talked about it, the way Ben Simmons played, I think that if Danny Green had been in the game or been able to play, I think it still it would have been a different outcome. But we would have gotten what we wanted. We would have had the Sixers winning that series. Even yeah. if it had went seven, we would have had the Sixers winning that series. So hopefully he can bring some more veteran leadership, some more playoff and championship pedigree leadership mm -hmm. to this team and help them along and be healthy throughout the season. So, again, like I said, I think that, that in my opinion, the four through six seed, I think is arguably better for them because I feel like the, the makeup or the mentality of this team, they play a little bit better, in my opinion, when they have or they feel like they have something to prove, uh, which would be good for them now if they did end up in that four through six, they would have something to prove as going from the number one seed down there. And again, not being in the top two, top three, not being in the dialogue of front runners of the Eastern Conference now, where a lot of media has some teams supplanting them, um, i.e. Miami. You know, they're still, they're still talking, of course, the Bucks because they're the defending champs, the Brooklyn Nets, 
And then you got, like I said, teams that have gotten better. Um, arguably, they're throwing New York, Chicago, again, Miami in that mix, and maybe even a little bit of Boston. So, again, that puts the Sixers down in that 5-6 range, which I think is, is good for them, like I said, because I think they play better when they're at that stage, when they have feel like they have something to prove, and it's not that much pressure on them um, to win. Yeah. So, we'll see. Uh, I think the division is going to be between them and Boston, Boston. depending on what Boston does with the new head coach. Uh, Also, with the meshing of Jalen Brown and their budding superstar, uh, Jason Tatum. Yeah, so they have some pieces there. Uh, So we'll see what happens. And the Knicks made some some roster improvements. So, we'll like see. Last year? I don't know. I don't know. Randall? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, the Knicks, they'll definitely be in the talk because of the moves that they made in the offseason and what and big, piggybacking what they did last year. So, they'll be in the conversation uh, somewhat. Yeah. I still don't think that yeah. that short playoff run last year was enough Spanish. to yeah. – have them have the experience to get over the hump. Yeah, uh, so we'll, we'll see uh-huh. what happens, you know. Um, still a young team. Like uh-huh. I said, they got Kimba uh-huh. Walker, who was often injured, so we don't know how that's going to play out. So we'll see. Uh-huh. You know, we saw what Randall did in the playoffs. He kind of faded away when they really needed him uh-huh. in the playoffs. So we'll see what goes on there, and we'll see how that plays out. Uh-huh. So... Other stories in the NBA, like I joked a little bit um, in the opening, I said that the NBA and the NBA guys are really playing something on uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Like I mentioned, they open the season tomorrow on the road in Milwaukee against the Milwaukee Bucks. Hence, they will they will be there for the ring ceremony. And again, you're going in to play a team that beat you in the playoffs when you were the front runners or expected to win the championship come out of the East. And that's the team that ended your season. And you got to play them first coming into the next season. So that's kind of tough. And then you add in the Kyrie Irving issues where it started out as Kyrie Irving wouldn't be able to play in any home games. Uh, We know the situation there. New York City has a mandate and San Francisco has a mandate in order to come in, excuse me, to those facilities. You have to be fully vaccinated. Um, As of me reporting this and talking about this issue with you right now, the NBA is reporting that they are listed at 95 percent of their players being fully vaccinated. So if you do the math, you know, that leaves 5%. And again, as far as an NBA issue, Kyrie Irving is part of that 5%, and he is arguably the biggest name within that 5%. Is that a big number for you, Dave? 5%? Considering the NBA, 32 teams, 30 teams, rather, it's... Yeah, I wouldn't say big, five percent, but mm-hmm. it's enough to make you scratch your head to like make you think about like it. On, yeah, man. it's enough to make you think about it. Like I said, and just the disparity where you say ninety five percent is fully vaccinated. You got two cities that have strict man more have more strict mandates than the rest of the NBA. Right. So you know we'll we'll see. Um, but again, it is I won't say big. But I will say that it, it, it will make you um, think about it. It will make you talk about it. So, we talk about Kyrie Irving. And like I mentioned in the, in the opening, this information that I got kind of goes and shows tries to show you both sides of Kyrie Irving and the amount of talk and headlines that he has been in over the past several years. So, this article was written, and the article writer says, he opens up, he says, he believes that Kyrie Irving is a good person. He believes that 
Irving is a bad teammate, and or more specifically, he's just a bad employee. Both things can be partially true, and, and I agree with that. Um, as far as him being a bad teammate, you can very well argue that with what's going on now. Um, his missing games last season right. and him not playing in seasons prior to that right. in Boston. So you could argue that very well, easily argue that. Mm-hmm. Um, you could also argue that he's a bad employee because people forget that he plays basketball for a living, something that he claims he loves to do, and it's a sport. But at this level, the level that he's at, it's his job. It's how he earns his money. It's how he feeds his family and himself. (laughs) So you could argue also, you have points where you could argue and debate that he is a bad teammate. And like the article writer says, both things could be true. But some of the things he also said is, he says that last March... He, and I'm talking about Kyrie Irving, he donated $323,000 to Feeding America. Mm-hmm. Um, he also teamed up with the Food Rescue to donate 250,000 meals to New Yorkers at the beginning of the pandemic. So there are some good things that he does. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he reportedly, and we all know this and we talked about this a little bit, during the NBA bubble, he donated $1.5 million two NBA players who opted out of the bubble so that they would have some type of compensation um, with not playing in the bubble. He's paid off college tuition for nine students at Lincoln University, yeah. and he purchased a house for George Floyd's family. Oh, that's what Kyrie um, Yeah. Oh. Uh, however, basketball player, that becomes a different issue. So we get to the vaccine mandate. And he also goes in with everything that he's doing right now. He is definitely leading people to believe that basketball is not his top priority in life. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But you you could I don't think it is. You could argue that easily. Um, I don't think it is the very top priority because of his lineage. Um, the missing games, you know, same family reasons or certain injuries. And like I said, just missing games just because, uh, and other, other ways that he missed games as opposed to actual injuries and, and, you know, things of that nature. So I don't think that basketball is the very top priority for him. So... In the initial stages, the Brooklyn Nets were looking at just possibly playing without Kyrie Irving, Irving for at least half the season, which would have been half, which would have been all in the home games because he 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 does not want to be vaccinated. I'm not going to say he refuses, but I, I think when I get into this, you, you might understand a little bit better. I think because he re- chooses not to be vaccinated for that reason. Um, and then just last week that he will not play for the team for the foreseeable future, wow. which means as of right now, he will not play for the team until he becomes or gets fully vaccinated. So Tyree, Kyrie Irving went to Instagram and this is part of the crazy thing with, oh, yeah. with social media. Like now these players have an outlet where they can attempt to put out their own narrative, control the narrative, change the narrative, and do things in a different way. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Kyrie Irving is changing the narrative or trying to change the narrative that's been put out. I'm just saying that the social media access for these current players who are getting younger and younger, give them a very viable outlet Mm -hmm. to attempt to let people see who they are or who they they want people to see that they are. 
let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm not saying that Kyrie Irving is purposely doing anything. I'm just saying that it's a lot easier now with the social media aspect right. in the situation. And I mean, for me personally, as far as my social media, if you follow me, and I know a lot of people that are tuned in do, most of my social media right. activity right. is regards to my business, my podcast, as I'm doing right now. Yeah, the the personal aspects are kept personal and it's mostly with family some really good friends that I consider some really good people I consider friends right. from high school and college that I communicate with right. and ironically a lot of them also are tuned into my business, if you will, social media. So I'm in touch with them constantly. So, again, for me, mm-hmm. the social media aspect is major majority to do with the podcast. And, and that's pretty much it. And I've been a private per- person most of my life. So stuff that I feel like I want to keep private, I will definitely keep private. And anybody that knows me knows that. The stuff that I have that's private, you won't see it, you won't hear about it unless right. I mention it to you, or unless you're that close to me and mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, Kyrie, again, he went to social media mm-hmm. and he tried to, let's say, clear up the narrative and try to give people his point of view, his stance, truly from him. Like they say, from the gift horse, where you could make your own assumptions and your own decisions about what he said. But in my opinion, looking at what he posted on Instagram, he wanted the information about the situation or the information surrounding the situation to come from him. So people could arguably see his true point of view and his perspective of where he was coming from. And not just what's been put out in the media. Right. Because as you know, here at Heat 100 Radio, the station that keeps it 100, like I do, and I told you in the beginning, I read stuff, I do my homework, and I bring it to you with my interpretation. Mm -hmm. I'm oftentimes off from what the mainstream media does, and I think that's one of the things that sets me apart, and I think that's one of the things that has the amount of people that tune in and comment on my post and comment on my shows when I'm actually doing the podcast. So I think that makes me different and I appreciate the people that tune in and also feel that way. And I think that's an homage to myself for being true to me and doing what I do. But Kyrie Irving says that he was promised an exemption, which apparently we know now that did not happen. Um, he also, it all goes on and says, if Irving was promised he wouldn't need to be vaccinated, then whoever made that promise should be held accountable. I I agree with that statement. If that was the case where he was promised or told that he could be exempt for whatever reason, and now that's not coming into play, the person or the persons who instituted that or incorporated that into the situation now need to be held accountable for not completing what they said that they allegedly said that they would do. Um, Kyrie also said that he just wanted to use his talent to, when I quote, inspire, influence people in the right way, end quote. I can get behind that. Um, I think, again, I somewhat joke about things, and this is no disrespect to Kyrie Irving because it's history. And what I'm getting ready to say, I'm sure people that are tuned in understand where I'm going when I say it, and they know that it's basically fact. And one of the things I joke about and I say is it's weird to see that, and this is just my thoughts and it's very loose, that... A lot of people that are heavily talented in whatever way, um, be it 
an athlete, uh, a scientist, whatever. People, gamer, whatever, people that are like super, super talented always, well, let me retract that, not always, but a lot of the time come off in a lot of situations as weird. <laughs> and, and I don't mean weird in a bad way. Well, we're going to be good, too. Uh, I really think I mean strange. Okay, and I think this Kyrie Irving situation fits right in. And what I mean when I say that is, I mean, as far as him doing his job, him being on the basketball court, the young man is hella talented. Right. Okay? But we go back to even when he felt like the world was square when he went into that thing. When he was in Boston Garden burning sage. Yeah. Um, up until now, the things that's going on now. Sometimes you get the impression, and like I said, they come off as strange. being a little strange. Right. And I'm sure people tuned in, tuned in understand exactly what I'm saying. Right. So, um, despite him saying that he wants to influence people, he then questions... Why he's being used as an, as an example, then saying he's just a person. Obviously, he can't have this both ways. So, basically what they're saying is he said that he wanted to use himself or his talents to uh, inspire people. And then he goes and he says, yeah, but he's just a person. So, they say you can't have it both ways. In a small way, well, I understand the statement, first of all. But in a small way, I agree with it. So I'm kind of like teetering the line. Because I can also give you some points on how I feel a little different. But let's stay with the side that I agree with that statement. And, you know, if you question why you're being the example, and then you're saying that you're just a person, that's because... Some of the things that you say or some of the impressions that you give are mm -hmm. very different from someone calling themselves just a person or like let's say just the average Joe. So in that point, I agree. But then on the other side, it's a small part where I can say that it could be both. You could argue this. At any given point, but a small part on the other side saying that it could be both, it could also be true. Whereas you have your own thoughts, just like any other person has their own thoughts, you just express your thoughts in a different way. And that's just the part that I think where I say it might could be true, some truth to it being both. Again, whereas people that you consider you like the way he said it, just a person could have those thoughts, but they would just leave them as those thoughts. It's not that they would put them out or anything. It's like, yeah, these are my thoughts, but I'm going to just keep this to myself. I'm going to be my regular person because I'm not usually out there like that whatsoever, but I'm going to just keep this to myself. Then on the other hand, you could say, well, yeah, you know, you want to influence people, so... I can't be both. I can't influence people and also just be a person. You kind of got to, like they say, think about what you say before you say it. And then you have to back up what you say. So on that side where he's saying he he feels like he's being used as an example, and then he's just the person, it's kind of like you're not double-sorting it, but you're kind of like trying to defend yourself. You're getting on the defensive. And saying, well, I'm just a person and whatever. Yeah, but again, like I said, what you put out gives off the impression yeah, right. of something different. Right. Okay, so he also goes on, he says, and I quote, It's not about being anti-vax or about being on one side or the other. It's about being true to what feels good for me. Yeah. I'm still uncertain about a lot of things and that's okay. If I'm going to be demonized about having more questions and taking my time to make a decision with my life, then that's just what it is. End quote. So, let's 
let's let's break this this statement down a little bit. Not to bring up your boy, you don't know you don't like Stephen A. Smith. He made a great point. I watch the show almost every day. He said, "Look, how much more information you need? The pandemic has been around almost two years, whatever. So that's that. It's a bunch of BS that you. That's what Stephen A. said. I agree. And and how much more information you need? You know, Stephen A. I'm not gonna say I totally agree. Right. I um again, like we say, everybody has their thoughts and everybody has their opinions. opinions. Uh but going on what he said, I kind of again in a small way understand Kyrie Irving's point. Right, right. Um and I get the whole thing where Stephen A. Smith said, oh, we've been in the pandemic for this yes. year, a whole year, and we still technically, we still are arguably in a pandemic because no one ever actually said that the pandemic was over. Nope. No official announcement, anything like that. Things have been loosened up a lot, yeah. which is driving me, sometimes it drives me crazy when I'm out and I, I see how loose people have gotten with it, but that, that's you another story. But getting back to this... Right. I understand where he says I'm still uncertain about a lot of things. Because as we know, as we went through the pandemic, right. from week to week, reports changed. Everything changed. When they first started talking about the vaccines, week to week, things changed. Right. Uh, just a bit for me personally, I was initially against the vaccine. You vaccinated? I have been vaccinated. Yeah, me twice. But twice. again... Yeah. I, uh, in the beginning, in the early stages, right. I was Me too. somewhat against Absolutely. the vaccine I was. I was because good. of, like Kyrie says, the uncertainty. Yeah. Well, Steve Nation, how much okay. more information you need? But the whole it's point, two years. I mean, like two years yeah, ago. but how much has the information changed in that true, in this true. two I years? So I get his point where it's right. still some uncertainty. Yeah. You're scared. Right? You know. I can't. I won't even go on a limb and say he's scared. I'm going to stick with the uncertain. And like I said, we've been in the pandemic. It's been around for a year, going on two years, basically. But there is still uncertainty. Yeah. Right. And now, now with that side, I get with. This is your job. And you got to do it. And you need to do your job. And that gets back to me and my point. When I said personally, right. initially, I was against the vaccine. Right. But then, I took into consideration. One, my employer, like Stephen A. Smith said about the situation, right. my employer, the type of work that I do, right. and my family situation. Right. Okay? Because at my job where I work, sometimes I'm there for 16 hours. Mm-hmm. But I'm in the front lines of anything that comes in the building. If you want to know real quickly, I work in secure detention. Right. So I get everything. People coming off the street, people coming in from court that have been around other people. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, like I said, people coming off the street, mm-hmm. people coming from their houses that I don't know no. their living situation right. or their living habits. They have COVID. Yeah, they have COVID. Yeah. So I took the time and I thought about it. And I realized that it would arguably help me yeah, and not hurt me. Or it would arguably help me more than it would hurt me. Right, that's what I so think. I went on and I got the vaccine and everyone in my house is vaccinated. Awesome. So that's that. But again, I, I kind of understand where he says he's still uncertain about a lot of things. Right. Uh, then he goes into the point where he says he's going to be demonized about <laughs> having more questions. I think demonized was kind of a strong word. Strange. Again. And just in my opinion, I think the people that are, for lack of a better word, in somewhat of an uproar, i.e. Stephen A. Smith, about his situation, Mm -hmm. are the people that understand the talent that he has. And in their opinion, their feelings are that his talent is arguably being wasted. Right. It's just my opinion. I'm not saying this is exactly what they think, right. but this is the feeling I'm getting from the dialogue that people have put out about this situation. Right. So, again, and he said, it's him to take his time and make a decision about his life 
And he said, then if that's what it is, then that's it is what it is. Right. So, again, you, you go into this situation, and again, like I said, I agree, or I understand where he is with the uncertainty still. Mm-hmm. And again, I think when he said demonize, I think demonize was kind of a strong word, mm-hmm. a little bit too strong for the situation, but right. it's how he feels. I can't make him feel any different. Right. Okay, so... Then we go into what he actually said on Instagram. Right. And one of the things he said is, and I quote, I'm doing what's best for me. I know the consequences here. And if it means that I'm judged and demonized again for that, that's just what it is. That's the role I play. But I never wanted to give up my passion, my love, my dream just over this mandate. Mm -hmm. So in that, he's referring to some reports that were put out allegedly that if he was traded because he didn't get vaccinated that he would retire so he basically saying that he would not retire um i saw some of this part he said he does love the game mm-hmm. and he did mention why would he give up the amount of money he's paid and his good. love of the game mm-hmm. for just over a mandate said that really yeah. doesn't much make sense yeah. so i get that or you just take the shot you know but again, like you said, yeah. it's him. Right. It's like, it's kind of like now in the regular world, there are companies that are putting out mandates where their staff has to be vaccinated yeah, or they will not be able to work. Like, I work at FedEx. Now, the crazy thing is you can't get fired, but you will not be allowed to work. So no Which, right, right. in turn, has an effect on... Your salary and your livelihood and how you survive. Okay. Um, So it says that if he would have been able to practice with the Nets and, excuse me, playing road games outside of New York, the Nets would pay him for those games, but he has given up about half of his $35 million salary by missing games. So easily. People from the outside looking in, right. like we like to say, the people that are regular working, blue-collar right. workers, workers, that that number is, again, like fool's gold. It is magnified to them. And it's all immediate, like, oh, you're going to give away $17.5 million just easily? You can get that to me, and this, that, and the third. You can't see the other side. Y- you have to see the other side. You got to be in shoes. Where it's lifestyle. even in situations in... Mm-hmm. The real world, right. you know, you have situations or people have been in situations where their boss or the supervisor has them doing things mm-hmm. that doesn't sit well with them. Right. But you have to either make a decision, either to suffer the consequences and not do life, it, life or mm-hmm. you have to do your job. Yeah. You job. Know? And, and the difference, again, I say is for a lot of people is the amount of money, the disparity in the amount of money. Right. And I think, you know, it's just the way life is for, well, it's just the way life is. Some people mm-hmm. are afforded that luxury to make that type of money, mm-hmm. and some people are not. Okay. He said, so it's not about the money. He said, it's not always been about the money. It's been about choosing what's best for you. You think I really want to lose money? So, again, he says it. He said, it's, it's about him. Making the decision that's best for him. Because we all know he can't play basketball forever. Yes, sir. So, of course, he doesn't want to lose any of that money. But the situation is, and sometimes this gets away from these high-profile and these star athletes where you still have a job to do. Exactly. It brings me back to the quote when I talked a couple of weeks ago. I brought some quotes to the table when the one that uh, Carmelo Anthony said. He said, "This is the NBA. There's no right. loyalty here. Right. Nobody has to be loyal to you. That's true. This is your job, and you have to come in and do your job." He knows. He's okay. He knows so he didn't give many indication um, that he was against being vaccinated, right. just that he was deciding not to. Right. So again, he says, "I'm not against it." But basically, I just don't feel comfortable with doing it right now. Right. Oh, he could change. Right. 
right. somewhere down the line. But who knows? You know, he also goes and he says, um, once again, this is not about the Nets. It's not about the organization. It's not about the NBA. It's not politics. Right. It's not any one thing. And he says, and I quote, it's just about the freedom of what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. It's about his freedom and about what he wants to do. So with that being said, we'll see. If anything changes uh, with this Kyrie Irving situation, you gonna play for the rest of the year, um, I can't. I won't say for the rest of the year, but I will say it'll be a long time. I believe before he plays. I mean, he's gonna get shot. He's gonna get a shot like what? <laughs> I mean, I'm not even necessarily saying that he's gonna get the shot. So I don't know. Yeah. Right. Well, no. He could play in role games. He can oh, go yeah. back and play oh, in role yeah, games yeah, right, yeah. unless they put a mandate on him. That he can't, but the issue with that is he um, can't practice right. if he doesn't get vaccinated because he can't go into the facility at all. So what's the, yeah, right. So the what's shot. the point? Yeah, exactly. So arguably, you know, he it, it's different. Yeah. You know, I mean, he may come to that point. He may not, but I think it's going to be a long checks, time before <laughs> he plays um, with the Brooklyn Nets. So we're going to go back a little bit. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this John Gruden thing. And this is probably going to take us out um, today. Right. So we all know the story. Uh, About a week ago, NFL got wind of some emails with some racial tropes, um, some other commentary, racist commentary from... One John Gruden. Yeah. So, one of the things um, that that started this off is the simple fact that these emails came out, and what was said was very disturbing. Mm-hmm. Um, his homophobic, racist, and sexist, and misogynistic emails, mm-hmm. uh, which came out uh, per the Washington Post. The somewhat bigger issue is, in my opinion, the fact that there hasn't been much talk about it from NFL executive offices. There's what also kind of bothers me a little bit is that he was given time or he was allowed the opportunity to resign. Mm -hmm. Whereas if the shoe was on the other foot, there would have been a firing. And technically, in my opinion, his situation should have went that way. He shouldn't have been able to resign because in the resigning, you have to get a severance package. So he had already signed a a 10 year, hundred million dollar contract, I believe. So apparently, (coughs) excuse me, he'll get some of that money because he was allowed to resign, which I think he should have been like fired. A pension, like a pension, a little small pension. Not even a pension. Yeah, I, uh, I it's like a severance pay. Yeah, so in my opinion, I think he should have been fired yeah. and just voided and, and void of contract. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we know the things that he said. Right. And I'm not going to go back into you know the particulars of what he said. Right. But, again, the only person that actually had something significant to say about it was Seattle, I mean, not Seattle, uh, uh, Los Angeles Angel, uh, Los Angeles Chargers coach uh, Brandon Staley, who mentioned that this type of thing has no place in the sport. Right. You know, he basically said almost everything that you wanted to hear from the NFL and the executive offices. Uh, Jerry Jones chimed in and... Jerry Jones was somewhat in defense. Um, he said he says that he seemed more sympathetic towards Gruden and the Washington football team. Uh, member who these emails were going to. Um, yeah, he said that he felt almost sympathetic towards them, which leads me to believe some of the things I thought before that Jerry Jones is in this group or could be put in this group. 
And we've talked about it several times. We know the consistent racism in sports. We can go back as far as whenever, right? And see that it's and see that see it then and see how it's still rampant today, right? Um, but more most recently, there's just been a great job of covering things up. So basically, in John Gruden's situation, it was like th- th- this was all there. And again, like I mentioned last week, if you have to try to defend yourself the way that he did when he allegedly apologized, and you lead that in by saying, I'm not a racist, leads me to believe that you do have some racial undertones or some racial tendencies. Yeah. Just my opinion. Yeah. But the bigger question is, he knew what people he could say these things around. Um, There has also come out that there have been a lot of issues even when he was on TV as a uh, as a quarterback, not a quarterback, but as a commentator, as an analyst, where he would make good with people on air and in front of certain people. But then when he got to certain other people, it was totally different. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson was even one who went on a limb, and I'm paraphrasing, who said that this guy was a fraud, yeah. that he saw this way back when he was at Tampa Bay. Right. And it's just a shame that these emails have been around. It's like 11 years old, they said. Yeah. But again, nothing. When you put it on the Internet, it doesn't go away yeah, like you think it does. Yeah. doesn't go away. Right. And again, it takes all it takes is one slip up from somewhere yeah. and IE the Washington football team's trainers criminal investigation yeah. that kind of dug a lot of this stuff up. Dirt. Yeah. So we now know and I had a small inkling in my own opinions and my own thoughts kind of, of how he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I picked up on some things that he has said on air and things that he said, (laughs) you know, previously. So I had my thoughts. But now it's proving that I wasn't wrong in those thoughts. And this has come, it has come about. So for the NFL to be as silent as they are, it, it... it leads me to believe that they know what's going on. They're trying to hide it. And yeah. they're trying to keep it under wraps. Like kind of sweep it under the rug. Mm-hmm. So much again, like we said, in a lot of ways it's about the money. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if you look at John Gruden's career over time, yeah. very prominent. I mean, at one point in the article it even says he could walk through a hotel room. And at least three to five people will recognize him and want to stop and take pictures because they knew who he was. Right. Well, they knew he. They knew they knew what they saw. Right. Let's put it that way, because right. they didn't know who he was. Because right. now it's coming out who he was. Right. So we know that there is racism in sport. Like I said, we can go back and we can pick through time, right. any given time. We can pick through stories, different sports. And all of that, and and, and we'll see, mm-hmm. and we'll know, right. and we know that there is still racism in sports, mm-hmm. and Powerful it's it's crazy <laughs> the amount of covering up or the amount of hiding that has been and is being done Story. in this situation, mm-hmm. and you know all about that dollar. If this guy is a racist, but when he's on the air, he's making money. he does what he's supposed to do, what we tell him to do, and he's making us money, for right now, we'll overlook this thing until the heat begins to push his way over to us. Right. <laughs> and then we'll have to say something about it. Right. But this is a lackluster job by the NFL. Again, uh, with yeah. their silence, uh, him being allowed to resign, right. when he... Again, she was on the other foot. There would immediately have been a firing. Yeah. Black it, it would immediately been a firing. There would have been no time for, yeah. no time for resignation. Yeah, you're fired, Black dude. Just, Tony Dungy, yeah, it, it, you're fired. You're fired. So, yeah. or Mike Tom. We we know the situation, like I said, and 
we are doing our best right. to maneuver the situation, mm-hmm. but we know it's there. Right. And I think the sooner yeah, the NFL acknowledges the issues and the problem that they have and right. hit them or attempt to hit them head on, right. then the things will be better. So it makes you wonder what's going to happen within the next several weeks, what's going to happen at the end of the season. Because this criminal investigation, um, I believe it's still going on, but the criminal investigation with the Washington football team's trainer is definitely going on. And like I said with the uh, Nike fraud and that situation, once the the feds get in, this situation is ongoing. Like I said, with the um, with the bribing, with the coaches and everything of that nature. Right. Once the feds get in, they're in it until they get what they want. Much. And God only knows whatever time that takes, right. they're going to take all that time until they get what they want. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm almost certain that we're going to hear some more about this later on down the line. It's beginning to not so much die down, but it's beginning to subside just a smidget. But I just have a gut feeling that we're going to hear more about this um, in the near future. Because at some point, some pressure is going to have to be put on the NFL to let people know, let the public know what their stance is and why. They were so quiet in the initial stages mm-hmm. of this situation. So, again, we'll see what happens. And, again, like I said, I believe that there's more that's going to come up in this situation um, in the near future, the very near future, if you will. So, with that being said, folks, we close out another episode of the Sports Red Podcast right here on Heat 100 Radio. Yep. If you have not been following, if you have not seen the post, be sure you are tuned in this Wednesday, October the 20th, to the Morning Rush. Special interview. You saw the post. Shout out to Simply Monica, the boss lady, boss lady. for the next event with the Celebrity Boxing. And again, like I said, the Morning Rush, October 20th, which is this Wednesday. There's an interview with uh, Celebrity Boxing, so make sure you are tuned in for that. Like I always say, be great on purpose. Yeah. You know where to find me each and every Monday right here live on Sports Rap on Heat 100 Radio. On Instagram and Twitter at Sports Rap underscore D. The webpage SportsRapRadio.com. YouTube Sports Rap TV. The audio, if you missed any of it today, you can see the videos later on Facebook. Sports Rap Podcast is the group page. And the audio on iHeart, Anchor, Google, Apple, and most of your podcast outlets. Frank? You can find me on Facebook, as usual. You can find me on Instagram, 2418. And that's it, folks. Make sure you are tuned in each and every day to the vast selection of music. You know you get the switch up. We bring you back to the old school hip-hop here on Mondays. For a couple hours with me and my co-host on the Sports Rap Show. We bring you that old school hip-hop. Shout-outs to Big Daddy Kane and Karis won their verses yesterday. I did not see it in its entirety, so I will definitely get to it and catch up to it later and maybe give my opinion uh, later. Again, be great on purpose. Enjoy the beginning of your work week. Going to be a little chilly today, so dress warm, dress for the weather. Tune in to us all week, and we'll see you right back here next Monday. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Are you going to out?